You are now listening to NYY Sports Talk, a New York Yankees podcast. Find this episode on iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, and Potable. Or you can head to nyysportstalk.com slash podcast and subscribe right from the website. For live in-game Yankee updates, news, and fan giveaways, follow on Twitter at NYY Sports Talk. Now, let's talk Yankees baseball with Christian and Chris. Welcome back to the NYY Sports Talk Podcast. This is episode 26 presented by the Armchair All-Americans. I'm Christian. Follow me on Twitter at Christian underscore NYYST alongside my co-host Chris. Yo, what is up, bro? What a show we have for you today, folks. We're just going to knock this one right out right away. We have World Series champion Lance McCullers Jr. on with us today. The enemy, Lance the McCullers enemy. Jr. Speaking, but speaking with the enemy, can you believe it? Honestly, this is probably the best interview we've done in the history of NYY Sports Talk. And not it's not because close. he's a major league baseball player; just the way he conducted himself, the way we just had a we just had All a right, great. It's report. a little because he's a major league. <laughs> we have spoken to Ben Heller before, so he's not the only major league oh, baseball. Ben was, ben was incredible, also. So I'm just saying, we had a great rapport with him. I mean, we thought he might have gotten a little contentious at times because of some of the things that you asked him. But you know, he handled it like a true professional. You want to thank Lance McCullers for coming on. Please check out the LanceMcCullersFoundation.org if you want to. Uh, do some donations for uh, very I good cause. I gotta say, I know we all have a bad taste in our mouth after he beat us and with the thumbs down picture, but he's a great guy. And you could tell just by talking to him for the 20 minutes that we did, he's, he's a good guy and he loves the sport and he loves the city of Houston. So, I it, mean, this it was is a New York Yankees podcast, but if Lance McCullers Jr. is going to do your show... <laughs> You don't say no. So what do you want to do? You just want to throw it to Lance right away? I'm going to throw it to Lance. This interview, I just want to say, is going to be sponsored by uh, – I'm going to get a little Spanish here. Okay. And here we go. La Ranchera. Okay. You like that? Tortillas. And their other um, brand, La Major. Okay. That means the best. The best of the best. <laughs> they sent me samples of the tortillas. I'm not even a tortilla guy. Unbelievable. Yeah, we had we had kind of let it slip in a couple different places. We were going to be interviewing Lance and this company based out of Houston said, you know, could you, uh, you know, just throw us a little plug. So go out there, look for La Mejor La Ranchera Tortillas. La Mejor La Ranchera. Well, we're hoping we're picking up some Houston listeners this week. I think we're going to have a good amount, pal. So, uh... Everyone sit back, enjoy our interview with World Series champion Lance McCullers Jr. All right, we are on with World Series champion, the enemy, Lance <laughs> McCullers Jr. What's up, Lance? How are you, pal? What's up, guys? Thanks for the uh, beautiful introduction. <laughs> <laughs> um, first, first things first, I think, because this is a Yankees podcast and we almost had Garrett Cole, or at least we thought we were going to have Garrett Cole. What's the excitement right. surrounding the team with the new addition uh, to the rotation? I just think it's cool to, you know, I mean, your organization has, has always been the same way. And a lot of times when people win World Series, you know, it just, uh, you don't always go into the next year with, with the aspirations or the hopes and the expectations of doing it again. A lot of times teams, you know, do it, and their, their their team kind of falls apart. Whether it's because they have to get rid of guys via trade, or because guys leave it for agency. But I think what's cool is that you know our our organization realized that we have a we have a good chance to uh, be a strong team next year, and they saw other teams like like the Yankees and, and to to be one name one go outing and adding big pieces. So getting Garrett, especially when you're talking about teams that you're going to be competing against, or or after him as well, uh, that that that's a pretty good feeling. And 
let me say this just to follow up on that. I think that's the worst part as a Yankee fan is a lot of people had their doubts on Cole and they didn't want the Yankees to really give up what the Pirates were asking for. But at the end of the day, he's with you guys now and he just made the World Series contenders a better team. World Series champions. World Series champions. Right. <laughs> and yeah. yet, yet again, contenders we'd, we'd have to imagine. So. Yeah, I think that's kind of the, you know, the, positive and negatives of any kind of trade when maybe a fan base doesn't doesn't not like hundred percent sold or they're kinda of wondering on is, is this guy gonna make that big of a difference and then all of a sudden the team that, you know, you're gonna you foresee yourself possibly going up against for another another shot to go to the World Series gets him and you're kinda of like, Maybe we should have just done it type <laughs> type feeling. So I I get where you're coming from. Um I mean, as a as a player for a team like the Houston Astros, you know, you guys were really good last year. You were running away with the AL West, and then your uh, your management goes out there and gets you Justin Verlander, which really uh, puts you over the top, especially in the ALCS, how dominant he was. And then now this year, you won the World Series, and you go out there and get Garrett Cole. That's got to be a great feeling to know that your your management is behind you guys and uh, is willing to go out there and, and solidify the team and give you the pieces you need to to get you to that championship run. No, I, and I agree with that 100%. And really since I've been here um, in 2015, it's kind of been that way. You know, it, at, at the All-Star break in 2015, we uh, we went out and we got Scott Casimir, and that didn't, that didn't pan out as much for us in the long run. But at that time, I mean, you're talking just about a guy who um, had, a, had like a low to mid two and was just really, has always been a, a pro. I know he struggled and, haven't been able to help in the last couple of years, but for those couple of years, you know, talking 13, 14, and 15, he was really a guy that, um, you know, was very highly touted. So we went and got him, and then in, in 16, I know we really tried to get a couple of people at the deadline. I know Kimbrell was one of them, and it didn't, it didn't really happen that year. And then last year, like you guys said, kind of just went out, got, got JV, and then they realized, hey, we have a chance to be in that situation again. But the craziest part about, like, winning a World Series or going through that experience is there's there's literally like a hundred different things, maybe even a thousand different things that could have gone wrong throughout the whole playoffs, and we wouldn't have been in that situation. So it's easy to sit back and say, "Oh, we won," but you know, we had we had tough series. You know, Boston players tough. Obviously, we went all all seven with you guys, and all seven with the Dodgers. So um, going and getting another guy that's going to be able to help us is, is pretty cool to see that that they're still looking to make our team as, as good as it can be. I'm with World Series champion Lance McCullers Jr. Lance, since 2015, uh, you've maxed out at 22 games started each year. What's Lance McCullers Jr. main goal coming into 2018? Well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's one, that's my main goal. I, I think, I think I had 24 my, my first year, but anyway, it's not, it's 24 not enough either, but, uh, no, I just had some things come up. Um, you know, 20, 2015, I was, I was, I threw 100 and, 70-ish innings combined if you can buy my league and big league. So I know that I can get there. I know, and then we win the playoffs and I threw again in the playoffs. I know I can get there. I know I can pitch well through cut out one on eighty inning uh, threshold and continue to build. But then in 16, I, I had a, I had a shoulder tendonitis basically in spring training and I, I didn't really give the full time to recover that I should have. And then I ended up by suffering because I was throwing different with, with, with an elbow issue. And then I do all my rehab and I come into to last year and um, I probably have one of the best first half um, of, of any of any pitcher around, and then um, I've had this back issue that has since gone away. But no one really knew what where it came from or, or, or why it came about. I was in extreme pain pretty much all the time. I tried to pitch through it uh, the month of July, and that you could obviously just look at the stats; they were horrendous. And at that point, I was then hurting my team. You know, me trying to tough it out and go out there and, and, and log innings and make starts. I was getting to the point where it was just. I was being uh, uh, I was being selfish by going out there, not taking care of my body, and not really giving my team the best chance to win. So going to this year, I'm trying to be more proactive with my body more. You get older, you kind of feel like you can say more, you can speak up, and kind of do things your own way. So I'm hoping that all the work I've been putting in will will lead me to a, to a you know to a full 30 plus start season. So um, being down in Houston. Uh, what was the sense you got from the city? Like, what did the World Series championship mean to the city of Houston? Especially, you know, like, I'll admit, we're spoiled. We're Yankee fans. I was born in 83. Right. So I'm a giant 
football fan also. So, you know, the teams I root for have won nine championships. So, like, you know, you almost become numb to it. But Houston, I mean, outside of that Rockets run with Akeem Olajuwon, you know, they're not accustomed to that. And, and you know, plus right. with, with the hurricane and everything, what did you sense with the championship meant to the city of Houston? Well, I think that, you know, you make a good point. I, there's this been kind of like the, the, the saying or the joke is that Houston sports teams, like, just get their fans built up to let them down. That's kind of been like the theme, you know, whether it was throughout baseball from 80 to 86 to 2005 or, um, you know, some, some basketball years or even some other rocket years. I think just the city, the city of Houston fans have, have, have been through a lot as far as trying to be, you know, good, good, Long-time fan, so they definitely deserve a championship. It's been 55 years, 56 years. The Ashes have been around, never won a championship. I think only been we only been one other time in 05, and they got swept. So um, just with the hurricane and how how much people were struggling, and I think this this really meant more um, to them than maybe just a regular World Series would have been. To give them a chance to get away from the everyday life of of, of, of being you know, surrounded by. Really having no home, no no job, no nothing, got them away from that, and they were able to just celebrate with their family and friends, who some had been lifelong Astros fans and never even been able to call themselves a champion. So now now they have that, which I think is cool. Do you think even you can speak to this as a member of the Astros or or to the fan base? Do you think it meant anything anything more to to you guys or even the fans that you know? You slayed a lot of big dogs in, in the postseason. You know, you, the historic teams of the Red Sox, the Yankees, and the Dodgers on your path to the World Series, or did it, it, it just didn't really matter who you beat because you got to the final destination? Yeah, it, it, it's kind of like, a, it's a nice story. You know, I, I think, um, you know, you kind of like win an order of the of the payrolls in baseball, and, and that's like cool. That, that's like a good, good thing to write on, you know, good thing to tweet or something like that, but it didn't matter. I mean, honestly, uh, if, if, if the Twins, if the Twins would have won or if the Indians would have won, we wouldn't have treated anything differently. I mean, we would have been playing those guys with the, with the same type of, um, you know, passion and it, it meant more to us. We knew what we were playing for. We were playing for World Series. We were also playing for people back home that, like I said, you know, they, they lost their, literally their entire house. They have no house, no cars. Their, they, their jobs are on hold. They're living in hotels. They, you know, their families are displaced. So we were playing for a lot. Um, this past year, and, and I think that's kind of what made it even more special, just being able to see the way these people rallied around us and, 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 and what we meant to them just, just by playing the year of baseball. This is going to hurt a little bit, but <laughs> we're going to go back to Game 7 of the ALCS here, okay? In our minds, I think the, the biggest thought was the Astros are going to have Dallas Keiko come out of the bullpen. And all of a sudden, you see Lance McCullers Jr. warming up on three days rest. Did you know going into that game that you were going to be first out of the pen? And how did you handle uh, the Yankees' offense as well as you did? Well, yeah, I, I pit, so I pitched game four, obviously, in New York. And I, I threw the ball pretty well um, that game. And uh, I went into the office the next day. And I told AJ, obviously, you guys ended up like, coming back, which was one of the wildest spectacles I've ever been a part of just being at that park, like how rowdy it was. Um, but I went to the office the next day told AJ, hey, man, I, I feel really good. My Finally, my, my back doesn't hurt. Um, I feel like my arms, my arms bounced back pretty well after yesterday. I haven't thrown yet, but I really want to start Game 7 if we get there. He says, okay, you know, I appreciate you coming in, whatever. I'm proud of you from last night. So the Game 7 comes around, and we lose. We win Game 6, and they tell me, hey, I'm not going to start Game 7. So I was a little bit Upset, I really wanted to start the game, so I'm driving home. I pull in my driveway, and AJ gives me a call, and is like, you know, I don't know when they're going to come in tomorrow, what capacity it's going to be, but when I hand you the ball, my expectation is that you're going to you're going to finish the game for us, and, and we're going to go to the World Series. So I didn't know I was going to be the first out of the pen. Charlie threw really well. He did. Obviously, a lot better than he did in Game Three. Um, and Dallas actually threw Game Five after me, so he was even on shorter rest than I was. And Dallas was kind of a uh, maybe like a one inning, maybe a, a big situation where he's facing a lefty type role. Right. But I definitely knew I was gonna I was gonna have a, a larger role out of the bullpen that game. And it was just one of those things, man. I mean the Yankees have, have one of the best offenses of baseball last year. I don't see really anything changing. Probably maybe even be better again this year. And it was just kinda of one of those days my curveball was working really well. I think I think the guys on the team were 
just trying to get something going, which is normal. I mean, you're down by, by four and, uh, you know, there's the, the outs are starting to, the innings are starting to, to, you know, roll over. The outs are starting to get less and less for, for you guys to get something going. So I just think it was kind of the perfect storm, um, that game and, and, and the way everything kind of played out with the curveball. So we're on uh, here with Lance McCullers, Jr. of the world champion Houston Astros. Lance, you brought it up that the Yankees have a great offense. Uh, I think we all expect it to be even better this year with the addition of the uh, reigning MVP, John Carlos Stanton. When you take the ball and you know that you got these guys, you like Aaron Judge and Gary Sanchez, that you got to try to right. that you got to try to get out. What's your mindset? Are you try? Are you just going out there? Hey, I'm going to give you my best stuff. And I know you can't hit it because my best stuff is better than you, or, or you know, you trying no, to not I, let certain I, guys beat you, or what's your mindset? Yeah, you, you kind of have to look at it as um, you have to pick your spots, right? So you have to kind of understand where in the game you're, you're going to be careful with those guys. Where in the game you're going to go after those guys. If it's early in the game, no one on base, one out, two outs, you got to go after them. And you know, but if you're later in the game, you know, if I was if I was a facing judge in the ALCS game four. And I would have had, you know, an out or two in the seventh inning with, um, you know, with, with a base open or something like that. I'm not going to throw him a, a get-me-over kind of cookie-type breaking ball hoping he just takes it. But, so those are the kind of things you 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 look at, and, and, and that's when you take your chances. So for me, the, the lineup's tough. I mean, PD, I think, is a is such an underrated hitter. I think he's a, a really, really good bat in that lineup. You know what, so Lance, as a big fan of Didi Gregorius, I mean, it, it really makes us feel great that you said that. That's the guy that you mentioned there. Because, honestly, even he gets lost in this he lineup. He does. He gets lost. He does. He, I, he's, I'm a big fan of the way he plays the game. I just think that he's a guy that he doesn't he doesn't need the spotlight. He doesn't even want it. To, you know, maybe he doesn't even really want it. But he just does his business, and he's just a really, really solid. He's tough out. He's tough out. Which is why I say that. And, um, yeah, like I said, man, you, you have to kind of roll with the punches and, and try to understand the best you can who's going hot at that time, what the situation calls for. And like you said, at the end of the day, man, I got to trust my stuff and, and, and I got to just believe that today's going to be my day. Lance McCullers Jr. here. A uh, couple more questions for you and we'll let you go. We know you're a busy guy. Um, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't ask you this question. Uh, we're going to have a Yankee, a lot of Yankee fans listening in and I'm sure they're going to want to hear the picture comes out after you beat the Yankees with the thumbs down all in good fun. Was it you yeah, getting man. caught up in the this emotions? Is, this, is, this is the thing. This is the thing. I'm, I'm, I'm a super like, you know, I'm, I'm pretty, like, I guess I'm pretty like intense on, on the mountain and stuff like that, but I'm a pretty easy, like fun going guy. It was all in fun. And I mean, it was kind of like the rally cry and, and, and you know, when, when they're coming back on us and when, and when they're doing it and they're all in the dugout and they're top railing it with a thumbs down, I mean, <laughs> if, you, if you're going to get throw it out there, you have to be you okay. You got to take it. You yeah, know, you're right. You're right. Just someone else doing it. It wasn't like, I wasn't trying to be like, oh, I mean, people, people, the things people were messaging, not only me, <laughs> but my wife, it, it was kind of not okay. No, but, no, um, it's, not, but, it's not that you know, serious. It just, it, it, it's one of those things, man. I know people are going to be mad at me for it. Need to understand that I grew up. I grew up a Yankee fan. My like Tampa, Florida. I'm from Tampa, Florida. The Yankees played spring training there. My dad played for them for like two years back in the '80s when Steinbrenner was suspended. Um, and I grew up sitting five rows back of the home plate on deck circle at, at, at in Tampa, where where they play spring training. And you know, so I'm I wasn't trying to you know really disrespect the organization or the fans. I mean, people took it that way, but. I was just having a good time. We were celebrating. Um, I think someone said it like in the background and I did it. Of course, it was like a big picture because it was Charlie <laughs> in Dallas. And right. Stuff. So whatever, man, it was, it was fine. I mean, people can be mad at me if they want, but, um, I don't even think about that stuff half the time. I do things. Hey, we were mad at you, but you came on and did our <laughs> show. So, you know, you're okay in our book now. Yeah. We want to ask you about your dad, uh, considering that he was a former major league baseball pitcher. What did that mean to you growing up, uh, I know that you didn't see your dad play because you were born after he retired, but what was that like, you right. know, that your dad was a former Major League Baseball player? Well, for me, it was it was unique. It was cool. You know, you got to say my, my dad played the big leagues, but I don't even think when you're that young you can kind of comprehend, like wrap your mind around what that really means. I think you have to kind of go through life and, 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 and go through the whole AAU ball and circuit baseball through the summers when you're in high school and play high school ball and try out 
for this team and that team and play Team USA. You have to go through all these experiences and get drafted and, um, you know, make your way to the minor leagues to really understand, like, man, like, my dad did this. And, you know, he made it and he was successful and he had a couple, uh, like, really, really good years um, in, in, in the big leagues. And I think it's just cool to, to know he did that. Um, he never was a guy... Uh, you know, he's super laid back, he's super humble. He never, he never was a guy to like say, oh yeah, you know, I played the big leagues. And I had to, like, I had to beg him one, one year. I was in like third or fourth grade. I had to literally beg him to the point of almost tears to come in on my career day <laughs> and talk about it. So, um, it was cool that, that I had a dad like that. And I think it was really, he was even better. Like, he kind of let me trail and like blaze my own path kind of my way. Um, cause a lot of times people feel, you know, inferior, they feel like they, they have a lot to live up to, but my dad never made it that way. It was always about enjoy the game, love the game, and if you want to play, great. And if you don't, um, I'm sure I'll miss coaching and everything, but you don't have to play. So that was kind of how I grew up. Lance, last question for you. At what age did your dad start to kind of, I don't want to say push baseball on you because you just said he never did so, um, start kind of training with you, working with you, because I do have a 10-month-old son right now. And I'm uh, yeah. throwing the ball in his left hand, trying, <laughs> trying to. Uh, yeah, I wish, I wish my dad would have made me lucky. I can throw. I can. I, I got a pretty good. I can. I can run up to about 80 lefty. I got a there you go. little cut slider. Um, so I really wish that I would have been a lefty. But actually, you know, my, my grandpa, uh, my grandfather, um, is a big influence in my life. He's a heavy presence, and uh, he really actually like pushed me. You know, like picked me up from school. It's like, hey. Like, let's go to Chuck E. Cheese or, you know, whatever. And he's like, okay, yeah, let's go to Chuck E. Cheese. And then we show up at the ballpark. I'm going to teach you, I'm going to teach you how to run over your shoulder and, and, and track down a baseball <laughs> in the outfield like Jeter does it or go up the middle and spin like, you know, like, like Jeter does it or like, kind of like, kind of like my idol, like growing up. Really? Um, yeah, he was like, he, I love, he was like my big Yankee. I, I love Cano. Like, I was in middle school and high school when he was, at the top of his game with the Yankees, and he still is, he's still unbelievable, but when he was with the Yankees, and, um, so it was cool, man, my, my grandfather, like, like, really pushed it, my dad was always there, kind of like, if you go, I'll go, type thing, if you seek it out, if you want to do this, you want to do that, if you want to go out at 10 o'clock at night, and go to the local park that we have the key to and hit, like, I'll, I'll, I'll get up and take you, but he was never going to be the one to say, get in the truck, you know, we're going, he was always wanting me to show that, that I wanted to do it first. That's pretty good stuff, man. Uh, listen, when you guys are in, in the Bronx at the end of May, I think it's around May 28th or something like that, we'll be at the game. If we run into you in the outfield somewhere, I'm going to have a special gift for you. Uh, okay, sounds good. All right. Uh, hopefully, hopefully I'm not as hated after this. <laughs> I, I, I don't think you will be, at least not, at least not from us and our, and our listeners. I don't think you will be. I guys, I'm not going to speak for everybody out there, Lance, but uh, honestly, man, you know, thank you so much for coming on here. You, you really are a lot different than uh, a lot of Yankee fans had a, a perspective on you. So uh, thanks a lot for coming on here and uh, giving us a few minutes of your time today. And, and honestly, as long as you're not pitching against the Yankees, good luck next year. We wish you nothing but the best. I appreciate it. Yeah, but if I'll, you can, accept, I'll accept if you guys pull me. Pull for me when I'm not pitching the Yankees. But you, can, <laughs> you, can, you can pull against me when I am. I'll accept that. Yeah, go. I mean, if you can give up a five spot in the Bronx, we'd appreciate that. But we'll we'll wish you the I best. I don't know. I'm five spot. I'm going to try to minimize the five spot this year. All right. Well, we wish you the best of luck in 2018, uh, Lance. Thank you for coming on with us. Thanks, Lance. All right, guys. Have a good one, Matthew. All right, we're back. That was our interview with Lance McCullers Jr. I mean, what are you going to say? Uh, listen, I'll say this. Sincerely, it was pretty awesome of him to take the time to come on with us. He's getting ready to report to spring training. and uh, Before we came on, he said he was going down this week, right? This week, yeah. yeah he said Keuchel's down there, Verlander. Um, so he's going to head down. I think he said he's throwing his first bullpen on Tuesday. So, you know, we hear these guys reporting February 13th, February 14th or whatnot. These guys are down there. A little bit earlier and getting ready for the season so it it means a lot to us that he took the time to come on and talk to us i so. mean we are guilty of bashing lance mccullers we are guilty of bashing the Houston Astros. but when you talk to the guy i mean how could you not like him look at the end of the day these guys are real human beings baseball is an emotional sport 
Most people don't realize how emotional. Let's face it. We were salty, bro. Yeah, we I was were... salty, man. That was my nickname for a while. Salty Cressy. <laughs> Just salty. That's it. Like but... Jarosal Talamakia. <laughs> but thanks again, Lance. We really appreciate it. You know, the one thing I'm a little upset over that I didn't get to say in the interview. What? Is that I wanted to say to him if he could go to his general manager and ask if he could be traded to the Yankees. Yeah. <laughs> Be nice so we wouldn't have to face him again in the ALCS. <laughs> so, what do you want to talk? I mean, like, let's, we got to, we still got a whole show to do here. I have nothing to say at this point. <laughs> I think we do have to talk about, we have to talk about Robertson. We do have to talk about David Robertson. Uh, we're recording on Saturday this week instead of our usual Sunday. And there was a story, um, I believe it was in the Bergen record. It was on NorthJersey.com, but I believe that is the parent company of, the Bergen record that had an article out there saying that it could be a possibility the Yankees move David Robertson to free up a salary to go after some free agents. And, um, I just, I, I don't buy it. I just don't see Cashman making that move. I just don't see him thinking that's a logical move. Look, I understand. Look, I don't want it to happen either. You know how big of a fan of David Robertson I am. And I say this all the time. And it would have been something we talked about on this podcast had there been a podcast in June and July last year is that I wanted David Robertson on his team last year. I thought he was the guy to get. You said it before anyone else did. I mean, that was your guy and and no one could say no to you. I mean, who wouldn't want David Robertson to join that bullpen last year? But logically, I mean, if the Yankees are – Trying to free up cap space. I mean, where are they going to go? We'll say it again for the millionth time. It's not going to happen by dishing out Ellsbury. It's just not. We wish it could. It, it would be the best possible option. But if the Yankees are really this concerned with getting rid of some payroll, David Robertson is the only logical choice. He's making, what, $13 million this year? I believe so. But – I think it's a little bit more. I think it's closer to fifteen. Yeah. So you let's say even if on the downsides, thirteen million plus the fifteen they have, fifteen or so they have to play with. I mean, that's your Darvish right there, or uh, a third base. But I'm sorry, uh, David Robertson in this bullpen is more valuable to me than you, Darvish, in this starting rotation. I a hundred percent agree with that, and I think that Brian Cashman agrees with it too. I don't know. Does he? Because where did this report come from? Somebody in the oh, come on, man. Uh, Barstool was reporting that Ellsbury got dished out to, to the Brewers. Before we get... You're telling me that people don't throw stories out there for clickbait? I mean, I, I just right, don't so see you, this So you want to say this? That Ellsbury is not going anywhere. It's blatantly obvious at this point that we're two weeks and change away from spring training. He's not getting traded. People still think he is. And hey, I'll leave my words and I'll come on here and I'll tell you that I was wrong. But... There's no way. Uh, I. It would have happened. It it would have happened. What is uh, someone just going to wake up one morning and just say, you know what, Ellsbury? Yeah, I'll take him now. And what do you think? Cashman's been sitting here, and he he's going to wake up and go, oh, Ellsbury, <laughs> that's who they want me to get rid of. No, the guy's been trying for months. It's just not going to happen. It, I, how? I mean, honestly, fans. Think about it like this. Don't you think that Brian Cashman is smart enough to know the guy he has to get rid of is Jacoby Ellsbury? Don't you think that everybody else in Major League Baseball knows that that's the guy the Yankees have to get rid of is Jacoby Ellsbury? So every time Brian Cashman picks up the phone and he says Jacoby Ellsbury. They hang up. They probably think it's a prank call. Or they ask (laughs) for... Can we block Cashman's number? Or they ask for something outrageous in return. Yeah. Hey, hey I'll take Jacoby Ellsbury and why don't you give me friggin' Aaron Judge too while yeah. you're at, you know? But these other teams aren't stupid. I mean, you're not gonna, look, there's a reason we want to get rid of Ellsbury. Right? Yeah. And there's a reason why other teams aren't just gonna take him off our, off our hands. Look, we had heard a report earlier in the week that, from Barstool, that, uh, Ellsbury was going to Milwaukee. And thank God we didn't tweet it or anything or report on it. And, but it was reported elsewhere that Milwaukee was in trade talks to acquire an outfielder, which we learned was Chris, uh, Christian Yelich. Christian, uh, I can't even say my own name. <laughs> yeah. 
But uh, that, hey, let me tell you something. And they picked up Lorenzo Cain. You know that, right? That's where he went, right? I, thought, I couldn't remember if he went they there. They picked him up right after they got Yelich. So yeah. I'll tell you what. The Brewers are going to be a team to watch I out for. I couldn't remember if Kane went there or went to San Francisco. The Brewers are so going to be a team. So think about it. All these teams that needed outfielders, they went elsewhere to get them. San Francisco. They well, did, Christian. Andrew if, McCutcheon. If Ellsbury was in his prime, we wouldn't be having this conversation right but now. But he never had a prime. Let's be honest. He did for one year. <laughs> I say this all the time, and I'll say it again. It was a panic overreaction from Brian Cashman after Robinson Cano left to go to Seattle. He had the $175 million sitting in his pocket, and he wanted to spend it on something, and that something just happened to be Jacoby Ellsbury. Unfortunately. so. And he's villain number one in New York right now. I mean, It sucks because you don't hate the guy. He He plays hard. He's done some good things in New York. It's not his fault that he has the salary that he does, but we just want to get rid of it now. Of course. All right. So I was listening to um, Evan was uh, Evan Roberts. Hey, Evan Roberts, pal. Buddy. Ev. (laughs) He was on today and um, somebody called up and said, would you do this trade if you're the Mets? I I'm seriously anxious to hear what you're about to say. Mets give up. Uh, you're, I know you're going to mm, hate it because of Harvey. Harvey. Ugh. In return, the Yankees give up Ellsbury, eat $50 million of his contract. Uh, Andrew Romine. No, I'm sorry, Andrew. Austin Romine, Tyler Austin, and Adam Warren. Nope. As a Met, you're not doing that. As a Met? Yeah. I am. Yeah. As a Yankee, no, I don't. I told you this. I don't want anything to do with Matt Harvey. Anything, nothing. I don't care if it means getting rid of Jacoby Ellsbury. I don't want to touch him. I'm telling you right now, if you read, if you turn on your phone right now and read Yankees straight up trade, no money involved, done deal, signed by the commissioner, Ellsbury for Matt Harvey, you'd I break you, my phone. You jump. I break the phone. You would jump up so high you put nope. a hole in the ceiling. Nope. I'd break my phone. I'd be so pissed. <laughs> I don't want a guy like Matt Harvey in this clubhouse. I just don't. Sorry. I don't care how good he might be in twenty eighteen. But we need to get rid of Jacoby Ellsbury. Not that bad. Alright. Let's get back on track here. Let's talk about David Robertson again. And the fans of NYY Sports Talk overwhelmingly voted no. Do not trade David Robertson. Overwhelmingly. Yeah. Rapidly, too. Um, because every I think majority of the people have the mindset we do. And that's why I say you have to imagine Cashman has the same mindset. If you're telling me you're using – David Robertson's money to go get a starting pitcher, I can rationalize with it. Just saying we the Yankees are a little not that they're weak in starting pitching, but they don't have the depth in starting pitching. So if you're going to put another uh, another solidified major league starter in there and have um Jordan Montgomery be your six, I could see it. But if you're going to do it to sign Mustakis or even Todd Frazier, as much as we love Todd. I mean, really? You just can't. You're making this team weaker. Todd Frazier does not make the Yankees better. I mean, he, he helps them. He doesn't he, he doesn't make them better at David Robertson's expense. expense. No. He just doesn't. So, it just doesn't make any sense to me. I just don't see it happening. I just really don't. Because again, it you think about it, it's probably going to be a salary dump. So, what so if you're not going to trade David Robertson for something substantial, I mean, to go get you, Darvish? No, I'm sorry. Look at what Robertson did for this team, not just in the postseason, but in the whole second half. I mean, he really, he changed the way this team went about games because, look, the Yankees have been have been guilty of this for the last few years now. Their pitching, their starting pitching doesn't go deep enough into ball games, Right. And to have that extra weapon in the bullpen means a lot to this team. It's our strength. We shouldn't weaken our strength. We should, we should look elsewhere to strengthen this team. 
not at the expense of what the strength already is, and that's the bullpen. You do not want to weaken the bullpen. No, you can't. And let me say this. a lot. Of, there's been a lot of talk of, will the Yankees be okay with the starting rotation they have now? The answer is yes, okay? But people are starting to talk about expectations. I personally feel Severino and Tanaka will go neck and neck all year as who we're considering the best pitcher on this team. I don't think so. I do. I do. And that's not a I knock think, on Tanaka. No, I just don't. I, I just don't think he's going to pitch at that level this year. I do. And in I, the regular season. And you want to know why? I think that that postseason turned him back around. I think he's going to come in with a lot of confidence this year. And I think we're going to see uh, a different side of him. I think we're finally going to get to see that ace mentality out of him this year. And I think Sonny Gray, I'm going to back you on this because you said this first. I think Sonny Gray is going to be the surprise of the entire rotation. I don't think he's going to have a better year than Tanaka and Severino, but I think you're going to you're going to end this next season and say, "Wow, Sonny Gray was a great pickup. He had a phenomenal year." And I'm going to say this, and I hate to say it because I love Jordan Montgomery, I don't think he's going to last in this rotation this year. I think he's going to come back down to earth. I don't want that to happen and I don't think it's fair for me to feel that way because he did have a good year last year. It's just it's just a feeling I have that we're going to see Chance Adams take his spot at some point in this season. I just think Chance Adams is a right-handed Jordan Montgomery. I think there's I think I I think people are a little higher on him than they should be, but I think he's better than what you just described him as. I what, really do. Well, if, I mean, think about it. In his rookie year, Jordan Montgomery threw to an under four ERA. Well, I think Chance Adams is going to be a better fit for this rotation. And I don't think, and just like Montgomery, I don't think Adams' stuff is going to blow you away. He'll get through games, you know. But I think Chance Adams can come up, and I think he could eat a little bit uh, more innings than Montgomery's going to this year. No, he's not. I think so. You don't think that they'll have the Yankees will have him on a pitch uh, on an innings limit? Yeah, but if they're bringing him up. Halfway through the season, you know, I, I just think Montgomery's a guy who he might give you five strong innings, but then you're looking to go to the bullpen. I think Chance Adams could give you six or seven once in a while. Where Montgomery's you have no not going basis to. for that, though. I, listen, I've been reading a lot on Chance Adams, and I think he's that type of pitcher. I, really I think do. that there was a lot of times Jordan Montgomery could have given you six or seven, but the Yankees didn't want him to go six or seven. Well, I wrote an article a few weeks ago, and I. And I stated that if the Yankees are going to go with Montgomery, they have to throw all that out the window. No more limitations. These guys go into the season and they know they have a limit uh, innings limit. That that weighs on you mentally, whether it's subconscious or not, that you have a certain amount of innings to be effective. And they got to get rid of that. They got to let the kid pitch if they're gonna if they're gonna use him as the fifth starter. Well, if they do their math and you know. The whole thing about how many innings you can add on. He's going to be fine this year. I mean, they'll be able to let him go six or seven when necessary. I hope so. But I think, honestly, the one, I hate to say this, but the one we got to watch is Severino. I disagree. He's going to blow past. I mean, he blew past his innings last year. Because think about it. In 2000. um, There's been reports that he's a lot lot stronger this year. 2016, I mean, he, he didn't pitch a lot coming in and out of the bullpen. He was ineffective at times. But you're coming into the season, right? And you just have a different mentality. You were the third third candidate for Cy Young in 2017. And then look at him. He didn't In the postseason, he didn't look as strong as he did during the regular season. So maybe he got tired. So this is all things you got to... At the end of the day, the way the team stands right now, are they built to win a championship? Yes or no? Yeah, they can win a World Series. I want yes or no. I, I want just a said, strong, confident yes I just or said no. this team, as built as it is, can win a World Series. So then David Robertson should not move. End of story. All right, here's the other thing we got to bring up in regards to David Robertson, because I keep hearing this. I keep hearing this in different places, too. It got tweeted at us today. I, this is not the first time I heard it. People want to trade Aaron Hicks. Aaron Hicks is a guy who isn't just talented. 
he brings energy to this team where we might lack not having Todd Frazier. I think Hicks is a guy who's going to play a very big role on this team. Why would you want to get rid of Aaron Hicks? I could see if Clint Frazier came up and proved that he was Major League ready. I don't think Clint Frazier is Major League ready. You want to know why? Because his swing is too quick and too good to be fooled as many times as he was in 2017. I think he needs more time to grow. I think he can be a phenomenal baseball player, but I don't think he's ready just yet. So you're not going to get rid of Hicks and and tell me that Clint Frazier is going to take his role. All right, think about it like this, right? Last year, and we know Hicks missed a lot of time with the oblique. He had 301 at-bats, 15 home runs, 52 runs batted in, on base at 372. And what are they paying him this year? About three, five million, <laughs> Dirt. three, maybe three, five million dollars. I forgot what he settled at for, uh, what do you call it? On his arbitration. But you know what? But think about it. You're going to get a guy that's on base 37% of the time. He's going to hit you 15 home runs, drive him 50 runs. And I don't think he's a great center fielder, but he plays center field. But worst case, what? He's on your bench. You don't get you rid got, of a guy like that. He's a young, controllable player. Who's not getting paid a lot of money. Exactly. So you don't get rid of that. So why are they, why is Brian Ca- why would that thought even come through Brian Cashman's mind to trade Aaron it Hicks? It wouldn't, and we know how much Cashman loves. Yes, he Hicks. loves Aaron Hicks. He, if he could, he would have Aaron Hicks' baby. Yes. <laughs> if he could. If he could. Which maybe one day he can. Not, I hope I never live in that world. <laughs> I'm all for equal everything, but men should not be having babies. Dude. I think it's happened before, but whatever. Well, I'm not getting into that. This we're just going to go down. Podcast. We're just going to go down a bad, <laughs> bad alley if we talk about that. <sighs> I so mean, I, that's really it for me. How you doing? I'm exhausted from what? That was a great interview, man. That was so awesome to be able to talk to McCullers. It was. I really, honestly, Lance. You, you. I mean, I doubt he's going to listen to this, but I mean, He'll I, listen to the interview. I can't, I can't thank the dude enough for coming on here. It was pretty cool, and you know what? At the end of the day, yeah, they're the new rival, and I hope the Yankees spank them up and down. You know, but you know what? The Houston Astros did a great thing for that city in 2017, and and I'm happy for them. I'll say that. Happy for the city. You know what we talked about last week? Let's let's just stop talking about other teams. Let's talk about the New York Yankees for a minute here. What we talked about last week was the Hall of Fame and Roger Maris. Right. And you know that they announced the class of 2018 this year, just a couple of days ago. My boy got in. Who's your boy? Larry. Larry, Trevor Hoffman, uh, Vlad got in, who Vlad Guerrero will be the first player I can't believe to this. ever wear an, an Angels cap in I the Hall of Fame. I can't believe that. And who else made it? Was that it? Uh, one more player, I think. I think it was four. Yeah, Hoffman, Guerrero, Jones, and um, didn't I say four? I don't know. Apparently, it's not anyone of much importance. Oh, I, dude, it made. How def- about listen? I get the loyalty to Rivera, but how about people saying Hoffman shouldn't have gotten in? Why? I, yeah, I mean, come on, the guy had a great career. No, he wasn't dominant like Rivera, but the guy was the closer for a long time. That's the guy we're forgetting. Jim Tomey. Oh, right. Tomey. Forgot. All right. So let's, you know, we got, let's not shortchange the, the audience this week. Let's talk a little bit about the Hall of Fame. I don't really care for the Hall of Fame. Why? Because Roger Maris isn't in it. Now, you know what? Out of everyone who's who got in... I'm so happy Chipper Jones got in because people were writing that he wouldn't be a first ballot Hall of Famer. I don't know where anybody got that information right. from. And I was reading it that writers were saying Chipper Jones wouldn't be a first ballot Hall of Famer. I mean, come on. Chipper Jones, beyond deserving to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. All right. So Trevor Hoffman, right? Career 2.87 ERA, 601 saves. It's going to get you in the whole Phenomenal. thing. Phenomenal. But you don't think of him in that level, honestly. Do you think of him on Mariano Rivera's level? Of course not. That's the gripe. Of course you don't. But he deserves to be in the whole thing. Let's fame. talk about this real quick. Right? Let's just agree he deserves of to be 100%. in 100%. Yeah. Heyman was on with 
with our boy Ev. <laughs> okay. And he made a great point. Evan asked him, will Mariano be the first unanimous vote? And Heyman said he's got his vote all day. But there's writers out there who won't vote for players who weren't full-time. They won't vote for a guy who only came in and threw one or two innings. Edgar Martinez absolutely belongs in the Hall of it's Fame. It's unbelievable. But he's it's not, sickening. But he's not getting in, it looks like. The guy changed the way we view the designated hitter. So we just said Mariano Rivera is the greatest relief pitcher of all time. He's the greatest athlete to ever play his respective position. Other than maybe Tom Brady as quarterback. All right, but let's just, he's the greatest relief pitcher of all By time. By far, it's okay? not even close. Who does Mariano Rivera say is the toughest hitter he's ever faced in his life? David Ortiz? Edgar Martinez. Oh, David Ortiz said Mo was the toughest pitcher he's ever faced. So that coupled with what he did on the field, whether he played a position or not, he goes in the Hall of Fame. 100%. 100%. So then Heyman went on and Evan ended up asking him. Actually, I don't even think Evan brought it up. Heyman went on to say on his own, he thinks Derek Jeter will, in fact, be the first unanimous. And Evan, you know, he wasn't taken away from Jeter's greatness, but he said he was never the greatest. He was never the greatest player. Um, and you, like you said, there's going to be guys out there that are going to say, Derek Jeter, yes, Hall of Famer, but... I'm not voting for him because Mickey Mantle wasn't a unanimous selection. Right. Or And that was the last point he made. He said, sometimes you think back and you say, well, Babe Ruth wasn't a unanimous decision. And he was the greatest player to ever live, some people you say. you got to wonder, like, what goes through some of these voters' minds? Are they doing it just out of spite? Yes. yes. Because if you have a vote for the Hall of Fame and next year you can vote. How are vote, you not voting for Mariano? That's Rivera? what I'm saying. If you How? are doing your job legitimately as a voter for the Hall of Fame and you don't click Mariano Rivera's name, how are you do you you shouldn't get to vote next year? I agree, one hundred. You cannot come up with an argument against Mariano Rivera in the Hall of Fame. What he only pitched one inning at a time. He did it better than anybody ever. We're not asking you to vote for a middle reliever. We're asking you to vote for a guy that was an anchor for a, a dynasty. It comes down to what you just said. As a mindset of a writer, how do you sit there? And justify not voting for Mariano Rivera. You can't. Other than being spiteful. And that's what's going to happen to Derek Jeter. So be it. 300 career hitter. 3,000 hits. Captain of the Yankees. Five-time World Series champion. We can go on forever, but somebody's not going to vote for him. So be it. Probably, but I'll tell you what. Me and you will be there when Mo gets Probably inducted. a dozen people won't vote for him because and of that. And we'll be there when Jeter gets inducted. Ken Griffey Jr. What a Hall of Famer. Right. Somebody didn't vote for him. Yeah. Uh, multiple people didn't vote but for him. But you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. It just doesn't make sense. Let me ask you this. While we're on the subject of the Hall of Fame, do Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens belong in the Hall of Fame? Yes. You don't care about steroids? I do. But I think that the steroid era is a very touchy subject. All right, let me ask. Before you get into that, should they get in with an asterisk? No. If you want to make people feel better and you want to have a special place for them in the Hall of Fame because it was the steroid era, no. fine. You know, can I just say, you know, in Jewish cemeteries, they have a special part of the cemetery for people that have tattoos. Like you cannot go in the consecrated ground really? if you have a tattoo. Yes. So that that's where they should go. They should go in the, the dirt part of the cemetery with it's the tattooed not, people. It's... I'm just saying if you want to make people feel better voting for them. But here's my thing, right? How many players during the steroid era took steroids? And how many of those players still were considered the greatest at that time? Hundreds. But Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds were still two of the greatest players of that time. You know, my argument's always been that Bonds was a Hall of Famer before he started taking steroids. Let me ask you this. How many players are in the Hall of Fame that were steroid users that we just don't know about? There's a lot of guys in there from the from the early part of baseball that were known cheaters that are still in there. Exactly. So, hey, look. Call spade a spade. These guys were still the greatest of their time, and they deserve to be in there. 
Alex Rodriguez, should he go in the Hall of Fame when 100%, his time is up? 100%. Don't care about the steroids. Here's what you got to do. And it doesn't make sense because you never know the true answer. But you got to say, if this guy didn't take steroids, if no one took steroids, would these guys still have been all-time greats? Those, those three guys, what, yes, I yes, believe so. And that and that's my point. And that's why I would vote for them. David Ortiz? Never. I mean. If he comes on the podcast, maybe I'll vote for him. You know, that's another thing. He gets a pass for that. But he was on that list. I know. And no one ever talks about it. Because he's a nice guy. Mm. But A-Rod was, A-Rod's a douchebag. Right. So, you know. You know, somebody brought this up to me. Or us. I forget it was on my personal Twitter or on the NYY Sports Talk Twitter. That said, think about... Oh, it was because of, after the Yelich trade. Is it Yelich or Yelich? Yelich, I think. It doesn't matter. No. I mean, it's it not matter. a Yankee, so... No. <laughs> after that trade, I tweeted. I was like, you know, as Yankee fans, we love Derek Jeter, but he's probably not very well liked down in Florida. Not anymore. And somebody said to us... Think about post-playing career, public perception of Derek Jeter versus A-Rod and how it completely flip-flopped. It's pretty crazy because A-Rod is very well-loved well right now. I mean, ev- everywhere he goes. And hey, we're going to get to listen to him on Sunday nights now. You okay with that? Yeah, I'm excited. And you know what? I thought Vascursion was awful in the postseason, but I think he's an upgrade in the booth with them. Do you know this is the second time that uh, Alex Rodriguez has replaced Aaron Boone at his job? Yeah. Imagine imagine the third time he does it. Could be a third time, maybe in a couple of years. All right. Last thing before we go. Hall of Fame talk. Moose. Mike Mussina. Not in. Should he go? Yes. He's the only pitcher that has a career record 100 games over 500 not in the Hall of Fame. He's got to be in. Does he scream Hall of Famer to you, though? It's so tough. It's borderline. I think he's got to be, though. Because if you look at his statistics here, 3.68 career ERA, it's good. But he's 270 and 153. I mean, if he won another 30 games, it's automatic. Automatic. If he had a lower ERA, I think it wouldn't be a question. He, I mean, think about it, though. How many years was he a Yankee? He was here four years. No, what are you? Are you brain damaged? Yeah, I was almost went through a whole podcast without making fun of you. Four years they signed. He played two thousand one to two thousand eight. He was here for eight seasons. Really, Jesus, that's crazy to me. As a Yankee, he went one twenty three and seventy two with a three eight eight. So I mean, think about it. We never. He was. Was he ever the best pitcher in the league when he was here? Did we ever really feel like we had an ace in Mike Mussina? No, you're right. But I still think, I don't know. Uh, hey, like I said, he's borderline. I mean, look at some of these ERAs as a Yankee. 3.15, great. 405, 340, 459, 441, 351. And then 07 when uh, Joe Torre just tried to just get him out of New York, 515. And then the career renaissance in 2008. When he, the only time he won twenty games, and he, and we thought he was finally going to win Cy Young, three huh? three seven, he two hundred innings. He was talked about, but but you're right. That was the first time he hit the twenty win mark. He had won twenty. He had won nineteen twice with Baltimore, and eighteen a couple other times. You know what I think of every time I think of Moose? What the near no hitter? Well, that was Carl Everett. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. He finished sixth in Carl Everett, the guy who spit in the umpire's face, broke up the no hitter with he. I just remember he stuck his bat out and hit a blooper to center field. He finished sixth in Cy Young voting in two thousand eight. The highest he ever finished in Cy Young voting was. I hate. I need a new iPad. Can you? You need a new life. You need. You need a laptop. I have one. I need to get you a laptop. It's from when I was in college. Hmm. Long time ago. All right. Uh, the highest he ever finished in Cy Young was two in 1999. And, uh, I mean, he 18-7-3-5. I mean, so I guess pitching wasn't that great. And Well, Moose borderline. I won't get upset. At, I Like, honestly, if he gets in, great. He deserves it. 
if he doesn't, I'm not going to shed a tear over it. Because like you said, he's right on the fence on that. On the fence. Anything else? That's it. I feel like that I wasn't as mean to you this week. I I think we're both grateful today. And I think... Lance McCullers Jr., uh, what, what's his Twitter handle so our fans can follow him? <laughs> no, seriously, I, Lance, I don't know. If, I don't know if that's gonna happen. I, after they listen to this interview, I guarantee you, like at L McCullers forty three. Give him a follow. He's a good. He's a good dude. He really is. And you know what? He worked with us. We've been talking to him over the last week, and and he came on. Honestly. To be dead honest with you, after people listen to your interview, I really think that people are going to have a different opinion of Lance McCullers Jr. I agree. So again, go to LanceMcCullersFoundation.org. Check out what that's all about. Nice, uh, his uh, charity there. If you want to support causes that are important to Lance McCullers, he supported a cause that's important to Chris and I. Agreed. The NYY Sports Talk podcast. That's it. I mean, we're not changing the world like, <laughs> <laughs> like he is, but. Follow us at NYY Sports Talk. Uh, follow me at Chris Jr. underscore NYYST. Follow Christian at Christian underscore NYYST. Head to the website, NYYSportsTalk.com. Head to our fan shop and you can swag up whenever you want. Before before I throw it to you, I got – let me say <laughs> – I listened to the end of the podcast the other day, last week's podcast – and I couldn't stop laughing because you were getting so mad that I wouldn't throw it to you. And I almost—I was listening in the car and I almost had an accident because I couldn't stop laughing because you were getting so – I could just I remember was, you getting so mad. I was mad. And last thing I'll say is that, again, listening to Ev today, do you know that there was – apparently there was a trade on the table back a few years ago uh, – Harvey for Jose Altuve and the Mets didn't want to do it. Really? Yeah. That just sums up that organization, <laughs> doesn't it? <laughs> and people were screaming, you cannot trade Matt Harvey for Jose Altuve. Mm, there you go. Yeah, there you have it. All right. So, again, thank you for Lance McCullers. Uh, thank you to Lance McCullers Jr. for coming on with us. Uh, you know, all the stuff. I don't even know what the hell you said because I was looking at something else. That's great. All the stuff I said just – Go back and listen again. Yeah, just rewind all the plugs. NYYSportsTalk.com. Swag up. I can't believe I said it. Oh, we, you know what we forgot to do? Let's do it now. Let's do it right now at the end of the podcast. So hopefully people are still listening. We have this uh, Mark Teixeira. Well, tell them why we have a Mark Teixeira figurine. Just tell them real quick. Because Big Tex uh, quoted one of our tweets Supporting one of our articles for uh, the Baby Bombers book coming out by our buddy Brian Hoke. Um, we did a little nice write-up on it. And Teixeira gave us a little support out there. So we're going to give away a Teixeira figurine. Now, it's not brand new. Okay, I just want to put that out there. It is from my personal collection of Yankee memorabilia. So he'll wash it before. It's a little I'll be honest. It's a little dusty. After I moved, after I got married, I, ne- I didn't take it with me. It's been at my mother's house, but, you know, I was over at my mother's house today, and I said, let me go get the money. And, hey, it's free. Okay. All right. So, here's the deal. You're going to li- – hopefully, you're still listening, right? So, this is how the contest is going to work. We're going to give you the trivia question that we want you to answer. Then, on Tuesday, we're just going to make one simple tweet. What is the answer to – the podcast giveaway trivia question. We're not going to say what it is. You have to listen. But out of whoever answers correctly, we'll randomly choose a winner for the, figurine. Of, for the figurine and then mail it out. The question is, it's something simple, you know, how many career home runs did Mark Teixeira hit as a New York Yankee? Boom. That's it. Done. So Tuesday, sometime Tuesday, this question will – the question will not appear on Twitter – so you'll have to listen. What will happen is we'll send out the tweet. What is the answer to the trivia question to win the Mark to Share figurine? Boom. Tweet at us. Whoever correct answer randomly pick will randomly pick the winner. Simple. Simple. Boom. Right. Done. Boom. Done. Once again, the question is how many career home runs did Mark to Share hit as a New York Yankee? Right? Easy. Easy. Peasy lemon squeezy. 
Now we're done, right? Done. Done. Next week, we will complete the Bronx Bummers. Complete it. All right. So unless the Yankees go out there and trade David Robertson, and then we have an hour filled with destroying Brian Cashman for su- trading David Robertson to sign you Darvish, we're going to complete the Bronx Bummers next week. The outfielders. Deal. We're going to do this a little differently because we have to fill There's three so spots. Many. So, Chris and I will discuss that over the course of the week. We'll tweet it out, and then we'll figure it out as the week goes along. We're going to do things a little bit differently for this. Deal. All right? So, follow this Mama Luke over here, at Chris Jr. underscore NYYST. Follow me, El, El Capo Tucapis, the boss of the bosses, at Christian underscore NYYST. Follow us at NYY Sports Talk, NYYSportsTalk.com. Because I'm in such a good mood right now. Swag up. So, so, so swag up. Buy some merch. Support your boys. And Chris, say goodbye. Peace.